the sharp kārea-rea eyes of the sentries high up in the Tsuwatawata spotted trouble on the distant horizon. A moving mass with a sprinkling of sparkles like twinkling stars. Torches. War was approaching and in great numbers. The first sentry lifted his pūkāya to the heavens. The second century called to the people of the village of Ngāti Manamana. The sentries recognised the movement of the approaching mass that covered the land like the shadow of a moving mountain. It was a war party with burning torches at the head of the Tauā, and it was moving arrogantly with one thought in mind. Total annihilation. It was the hapū, Ngāti Utsukino. Ngāti Utsukino wasn't really a hapū, but more of a collection of the banished and ostracised. The outcasts from a variety of iwi who had been banned for a range of unsavoury practices. They were a ragtag horde, led by a ruthless despot named Fairco, a name earned by his preferred method of killing prisoners, ripping out their entrails and eating them as they died slowly and painfully. Their numbers had swelled over the years. They'd set out to avenge those hapū that cast them out like carrion, and left them to fend for themselves. In their mind, death would have been more kind. They endured and scoured the land in their thirst for revenge. Their reputation for torture and cruelty preceded them, and the advice from anyone who managed to escape was to kill yourself rather than be taken alive. A runner approached Tsui the chief of the village, who was observing the oncoming Tauā from the Waharoa of the Pā. The runner took off with the Taiaha Manawawera in hand. It was an old symbol for war and a call for assistance. Ngāti Manamana always heeded the call when needed and had never sought the assistance of their uri, Ngāti Manawakore, as they had always been able to repel would-be invaders all by themselves. But facing the threat of annihilation is always motivational. Now, in their time of desperation, Tuki, the fastest runner in the village, hurtled towards Ngāti Manawakore. His hoa tapu waikarakia granting him unnatural speed as his feet were barely touching the ground. It was not long before he reached the village. He held up the taiaha. The sentries saw Tuki and his taiaha and nodded their heads in understanding. Meanwhile, back at the pa, the Opetauwa were almost at the gates. They marched slowly toward the pa, 
where the iwi were rushing to prepare their defences. As the Tauwa neared the Waharoa, they halted and a lone figure came forward. His men sniggered. <laughs> Twisted grins crossed the faces of the warriors of Ngāti Utsukino. They knew exactly the meaning of the word hākari. Tui, the rangatira of the Ngāti Manamana people, had scaled the two watawata with one thought in mind. Delay until the arrival of reinforcements. As Chief Tui was stalling with banter, a runner approached. It wasn't Tuki. It was a messenger from Ngāti Manawakore, and he was carrying a kākahu. The runner's words were stern. The runner opened up the korowai, which sent the ashes of the taiaha, Manawawera, scattering to the winds. He then bolted towards the waharoa, but was quickly caught. A swift blow to the head with a merepaunamu, and the runner dropped to the earth. Fairco called out to Tui. Feiko knew that Chief Tui had been betrayed and that reinforcements were not coming. With that, Feiko raised his tefa tefa and twisted it from side to side. Understanding the command, the Tauwa charged. Tui turned to his people. He then turned back to the warriors of Ngāti Utsukino. The warriors on both sides clashed with a ferocity that surprised the arrogant warriors of Ngāti Utsukino, who were expecting their foe to cower in fear. A fierce battle ensued, and the defenders of the pa made a valiant stand. Most of the women and children managed to escape. Everyone else in the pa was slaughtered, and only Tui, the chief, was left alive, so that Fairco could perform the ceremony upon which his reputation was built. Fairco was preparing his maripi sharpening it on a stone as he described to Tui in detail his technique for disembowelment. Tui was not paying attention 
but was instead reciting a karakia under his breath. <laughs> Feko pulled back his maripi, but before he could strike, Tui yelled out the closing words of his karakia. The ground shook, twisted and turned, bringing the warriors to their knees. Harawera exploded, sending fire and molten rock into the skies. Feko yelled at his men to hold their ground, but they were overwhelmed by the visceral need to preserve themselves, so they turned and ran. The molten rock hit each and every retreating warrior as if Tamaohoi was targeting them directly. Their bodies were ripped to shreds and exploded in a brilliant blaze of fire. Eyes wide with rage, Fergo turned to Tui. With molten rocks exploding all around, Te Arikinui Tui Rangi Te Rangi Aniwaniwa laughed mockingly while he stared at Fergo. With hellfire in his eyes, gritted teeth, he delivered one final curse. He lifted his head to the sky to watch a molten boulder head straight for them. Just before impact, he called out to the ashes of his taiaha, Manawawera. With the thunderous crash of the boulder, both Feko and Tui perished. All the villages around Tarawera were destroyed by the eruption, including Ngāti Manawakore. Few escaped. In the aftermath, there was a stirring in the embers, swirling and gathering ash from the surrounding fires. From the embers rose three shadow-like warriors made completely of ash. They ran towards what was left of the Waharoa and then dissipated into the breeze. My name's Mana, after my father. But my work buddies down the fire station call me Bam, which is short for badass Mana. How badass, you ask? I've walked through a burning building just to save a queer's mangy old cat while it was collapsing. The building, not the cat. Everyone thought it was badass, especially the queer. Well, almost everyone. The fire chief said the next time I pulled a stunt like that, he would, excuse the pun, fire my ass. But I'm happy and in love with a fellow firefighter. Well, <clears throat> a firewoman called Kori. She lights up my life. She sets my world on fire. She is the flame in my life. There. Done. Only one tiny thing. She doesn't know she's my love yet. <laughs> I haven't told her how I feel or even spoken to her. Actually, she barely knows I exist. I'm not sure what it is. And it sounds like a cheap pickup line, but I feel like we're destined to be together. Yeah? I would never tell her that because, well, 
that's cheap, but I feel like I know her from somewhere. The problem is, every time I try to talk to her, something stupid comes out of my mouth. She must think I'm an idiot. She caught me staring at her once. OMG, I haven't gone near her since. One day in the cafeteria, she said hello. Hey, Mana. She was the only one who called me by my real name. And I don't know what I was thinking, but it just came out. Hey, girlfriend. I, I, I mean, you're not my girlfriend. Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with you. Um, you'd make a wonderful girlfriend, I reckon. Um, I mean, you're, you're cute and an excellent firefighter, a, a woman. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, you're, you're, you are a woman. You're a woman. Phew. Saved by the bell. Thank the Lord. 25 Lake Road. Smoke pouring out of the kitchen. You know the drill. We rushed to our equipment and dressed with speed. Caught his eyes hadn't left mine. Cute. I have never been called cute. Extraordinary maybe, but not cute. Hey, if you're not doing anything, I'd like to hear more of a lunch. How about it? Mana was putting on his helmet and was clearly stunned by the question. He was preparing himself for the, have you finished idiot? And tried to answer, but all that came out was, no. Oh, sorry, I, I thought. No, I mean, yes, I, uh, I mean, no, 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 I'm not doing anything. And, and yes, I would love to eat some lunch with, with you. Mana gave a huge sigh of relief as he turned and walked so hard into the fire truck door, he saw stars. One of the other boys whacked him on the helmet. Come on, Bam. What's wrong with you? No, no, nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Let's go. Come on. The fire crew were a well-oiled machine, and everyone knew their roles. A team of six, including Mana and Kore. The fire was small and was quickly controlled. Mana and Kore were going through the house, assessing the damage, when Kore noticed something out of the corner of her eye. She froze. It only happened for a moment, but it was long enough to freak her out. The smoke seemed to come together to form the silhouette of a man. She rubbed her eyes. It was gone. Mana tapped her on the shoulder. Yeah, you okay? Um, so, anyway, I was thinking we could go to this classy fish and chip shop I know. Kore walked away without saying anything. Not fish and chips? Yeah, sweet. Nah, nah, that's all good. Um, I'll back to the drawing board. Mana followed her outside. Kore, hey, what's up? Kore was in a daze, but shook it off. Her reply was a sombre one. Fish and chips? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. After the chief signalled the all clear, Mana and Kore headed back to the station to get changed and then made their way to Lucky Takeaways in Mana's truck. Not a word was spoken on the way, which made Mana even more nervous. After ordering their kai, they sat and waited at a table. Kore finally spoke. Mana, why did you become a firefighter? Oh, that's easy. Um, fame, glory, the danger, all of it. How about you? I became a firefighter 
because of my parents. Oh, that's nice. My parents died in a fire when I was five, and I couldn't do anything to help them. Mana felt embarrassed by his shallow and self-serving response. I watched them burn in front of my eyes. I was a helpless kid, and when I was old enough to understand, I promised myself I would never let that happen again. I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know. Uh, is, that, is that what's troubling you? No. When mum and dad died, I saw something else. I thought I was just a kid with a vivid imagination. Until today, when I saw it again at that house. Well, what did you see? The Ash Men. The Ash what? The Ash Men. Assassins made of ash, smoke, and fire. I think they're after me. To be continued. Paki kehua, he mea tuku, na te wānanga o Aotearoa, a na te maanga e pāho i tautoko. Paki kehua, brought to you by te wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from te maanga e pāho.